I love the, did you see the graphic come up and the belong move? I just thought that was fantastic. I just want to point out the AV are just amazing people. Um, so what was all that about? Yeah? Well, I, I'll be totally honest with you, it's Roger's fault. Yeah. He gave me that reading and I thought, where do I start? You know, what do I do? And then Robin said, where's he? He's at the back now. And Robin said, oh, thanks, Glyn. He did a fantastic job, Robin. Thank you. Um, today, we start on a new series uh, on the foundations of the church. And we often do this about once in a year, but we've never done it on the run-up to Christmas. And, um, and uh, as we talked about this, we kind of struggled. So how do we make belonging connect with Christmas? But actually, when you think about it, Christmas is about belonging, isn't it? You know, we get together, we spend time together, we, 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 have, we share life together over Christmas. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm a bit bar humbug about Christmas. Standing next to the tree, it brings out all those bad vibes. I've got to say it, it. At least there's not a pile of presents under it. That would make it even worse for me. I struggle with the whole thing of what it's become, but I don't struggle with the chance to enjoy the excess of food. Maybe a bit more alcohol than normal, yeah? But actually, spending time with family. And it's there that most of us feel that we belong. For some, that thought makes Christmas the opposite. It's a hard time because everyone's spending time with family, and maybe that's not possible for you. It might sound trite, but the good news is that God knows it. And as we dig into this idea of belonging, we'll see that God fills that belonging hole if we'll let him. It's being part of God's family that if we allow it, brings a true sense of belonging. Because however much we build up our families at this time of year, it's not easy You know, that dreaded (laughs) mother-in-law who always complains. That weird Uncle Joe. You know who I mean, don't you? Might not be Joe, but you know who I mean. And Aunt Brenda, who always has to give you a hug and a kiss and the overpowering perfume. Yeah? You know it. What I'm trying to say is that our earthly families, they love us. Our earthly families, they love us, they care for us, and they let us down, they hurt us, they leave us. But God never will. As I researched for today, I found a book by Brené Brown kept being mentioned. I don't know whether you've heard of um, Brenier Brown, I meant to bring it I've been dopey this morning I meant to bring the book because I bought it and read it um, Brenier Brown is a, a, an American researcher in social psychology and she's a prof- professor who's f- focused on courage, vulnerability shame, empathy as well as belonging she's a Christian and she talks about her faith in her books and while I'm not completely convinced about everything she says She's got a lot to teach us about belonging. 
She says that belonging is our primary human need. Beyond food and shelter, nothing promotes human flourishing like having people and a place to belong. Her research confirms that income level, marriage, children, perceived security, all pale in comparison to belonging in promoting sustained happiness. We long to belong. It's how God made us. In 1995, Roy Baumeister published work on what makes people satisfied. He found that the healthiest, most satisfied individuals are those that have a place to belong. In other words, our deepest satisfaction comes from not achieving the big house, the nice car, the latest gadgets. And they're not wrong in themselves, but through acceptance into unconditional love and in unbreakable belonging to people. Brown defines belonging as the innate human desire to be a part of something larger than ourselves. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and seeking approval. And if you ever Google her or, uh, or, or look, you'll find YouTubes, you'll find TED Talks. I was looking at one last night and she was putting this whole, whole idea that, that as people we often try and fit in, but every time we try and fit in, actually a little bit of us is pushed down. And it's not the real you when you're, uh, when you're and, and actually belonging is also part of being the real you. So I've given you what the world is thinking, what the world is saying, what's God got to say about it? <clears throat> I think one of the primary um, passages is in Psalm 68, verse 6. Sorry, and I've actually got a few verses here. The church is God's creation to sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. To give us a place to belong. And we can promote that belonging by building a thriving community, by inviting people to belong. Not just challenging them to commit, because that's fitting in, but actually doing it because you love doing it, doing it because you want to do it. That's what we're seeking to do here as church. It will be a lifetime project, and we'll not get it right all of the time, even some of the time. But that's our goal. When I read the Bible and come to sections like the one that we had, that Robin read, I often skip over them. What about you? Yeah? Yeah, it's like, oh, what's the point? What's the point? And that's why I wanted to bring it to you today. 
So let's pick up uh, uh, just a few of the people in that list. I mean, I, I, it was a big list, wasn't it? Verse 5. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. You remember Rahab? Do you, do you remember the stories? Rahab was a prostitute who saved Joshua and Caleb. She's in the genealogy of Jesus. Solomon, the king who went off the rails, and we're reminded that he was the son of Uriah's wife. Do you remember that story? King David sent Uriah, sent Uriah to the front lines to get him killed. That's what he did. So that then he could marry Uriah because he thought she was gorgeous. Is that not right? Rehoboam comes next and he also turned away from God, just like Solomon did. He began well, but soon went his own way. The list just goes on. And what about the disciples? Have, have any of you been watching the chosen? Have you watched the chosen? Some of you may, some of you not. It's a, it's a, uh, a portrayal of the Gospels um, um, done. You can see it on the internet. Um, and I just love the way they've portrayed, portrayed Simon in that. So you think about the disciples, yeah? They were an unruly rot, lot. They really were. And the way they portrayed Simon, I mean, he is manipulating, he's twisting things, he's, he's lying to people all the time. This is before he's become a disciple. It shows you what he's like. Um, obviously, it's subject. nobody knows what Simon was really like. But um, he, was, he, was, he was a bit, you know, he was really passionate and often he, he did things wrong, didn't he? We get that in the stories of the Gospels. He attacked, he, you know, even after three years with Jesus, he attacked a Roman guard, guide and he denied a Roman guard and he denied that he knew Jesus. After three years with him. And he was pretty crazy guy before that. What struck me about all of this when I bothered to think about it rather than just skip over it, was that they're just people. They get it right some of the time. They get it wrong some of the time. They're just like us. And they get a mention, in fact, not just a mention in the Bible, but get prime place, as Robin picked up. I didn't prime that, by the way. But the first bit of the New Testament are these people. Now, that has got to be important. They're an important part of our Bible. They're just like you and I. It's a clear message that even with all that duplicity, war, personal power-mongering, etc., they were all a part of God's plan, and they belong to God. And if they can belong to God and God's church, so can we. We don't need to feel pushed down, because God wants you to be a part he wants you to belong so i've just kind of dug into a few scriptures and i'm just going to run through them um if you've got your bibles you might want to find one or two of them i'm going to do it fairly fast you might not be um so in in acts 9 2 and 12 1 it, it tells us that the early church the christians the early christians felt that they belonged to the church so in acts 1 to 2 i'll just read it out Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So this is Saul that became Paul, 
um, before, before he became a disciple. Um, and he's looking out, he's looking to, um, to attack uh, the believers. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, he could take them into custody, he could, um, he could get them in trouble, he could get them stoned. Acts 12.1, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. So people felt they belonged. And then let's just look at some of the scriptures that talk about that. Little children belong to Jesus and his kingdom. That's Matthew 19, 14. The church is the bride that belongs to Jesus, the bridegroom. That's John 3, 29. Whoever belongs to God hears and obeys his voice. That's John 8, verse 47. All those who belong to the Son belong also to the Father. John sixteen fifteen. Christ died so that we might no longer belong to ourselves, but belong to Christ and bear fruit for God. That's what we're trying to do here. Without the Holy Spirit, no one belongs to God. And when Christ returns, all who belong to him will be resurrected. Praise God. Yeah. We have a hope of the eternal, do we not? And we don't have to worry about the trials and tribulations of here. We have to deal with them. But the eternal is the most important bit. We no longer belong to ourselves or to the world. Jesus' own disciples belong to him, not to the world. We no longer submit to the rules of the world because we don't belong to it. We don't belong to darkness. We belong to light. And we belong to one another. Because actually, this connection is, is when we feel we belong. And, we, and it's kind of a bit nebulous, isn't it? Trying to connect to God. And sometimes that's hard. And sometimes it feels like we're, we're not... You know, it's like, it feels like God is just so far away and, and, and what have you. But we connect with people much better. So we belong to each other, and that's what the church is all about. Belonging to God is our deepest need, and yet God himself calls creation and life without human companionship and community. He says in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. We need to be together. It was lovely coming in this morning. I know I was rushing around, but actually the hubbub of the noise, everybody chatting together, spending time together, um, catching up with one another. And we'll be able to do that again after the service. That's part of belonging. If you feel you've got your friends here, the, the people who you can trust because you've got the, your values are, are the same. Or I would hope they're the same. Do you feel you belong to the church? Is there a deep sense of being connected or is it just something you do? I think for me, 
I have waves of it. You know, there are days, weeks, months, sometimes years, where I don't feel connected at all. And yet there are other times where you think it's the place I just want to be all the time because it's where I feel I belong. And, you know, the life, the roller coaster of life, which is hard for all of us, often it's where I'm at that makes whether I'm connected or not. God's always there. God, that doesn't change because God is unchanging. But often it's where I'm at and whether I'm able to connect and what I'm feeling inside and the struggles that I've got. What I do find is that I feel most connected when I'm most involved. So it's such a privilege to, to be asked to preach, to talk, because I feel like I'm involved. I feel like I'm a part of it. I feel like I belong. Brenny Brown... Brenny Brown talks about, and I mentioned it earlier, um, actually what is our second commandment. You know, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm going to just pick up on the as yourself bit, because what I find in society at the moment is the world pushes us down. The world pushes us down so often we're feeling downtrodden. We're feeling like we're struggling. So often we feel like we don't deserve to, be, to belong or to be a part of anything. And, I, and, and the more I think about it at the moment, in our culture, being, being yourself is key. Because once you can be yourself, you can belong. Once you can be yourself, you're feeling true to yourself, you feel good inside and then you're able to connect with people when you're not feeling good inside that's hard you don't want to you just want to curl up and and this is what Brené Brown brings up the book is called Braving the Wilderness and if I just kind of explain the wilderness is is those times when you stand up for what you believe rather than trying to fit in because that is a wilderness. You feel you're on your own, yeah? You feel like you're st- standing up and, 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 and putting yourself out there. You're being vulnerable. And so that is the wilderness she's talking about. It's not kind of being out in a desert or, or anything like that. But I, I guess it feels a bit like that when you stand up for what you, mean, what you mean and what you believe. And braving is actually an acronym. And it's talking about va- the values that we should if we could live to because inevitably we all fail every day and we have to accept that so braving b b is boundaries we respect one another's boundaries r is reliability we do what we say we will do the bible says it a different way make your yes be yes and your no be no accountability we own our mistakes and we make amends when necessary we say sorry when it's needed. V, that's a hard one, vault. I think that's just kind of trying to make it fit in because really what that's about is confidentiality, about we're not gossips, we're safe people to talk to. 
so that, so that when we talk to one another, it's a safe place. That's important. Our integrity, I, we choose what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. We choose courage. Courage came up as we were praying today. N, braving, non-judgmental. We should not ever be, no, be judgmental. And, and the, our scriptures talk about being, not being judgmental. And then I think our world pulls us into being critical and judgmental the whole time. But we, at least we're trying. Yeah? At least we're trying. And generosity as the last one. When we hear something, we take the most generous interpretation of that rather than the most cynical and judgmental interpretation. Because we want to see the good in everyone, don't we? Is that all right? It's all going very quiet. When those braving values or principles are in place, then we feel safe to belong. We don't get it right the whole time. And you know, we need the grace of God for those moments and the courage to work through them together. I think Brené Brown has got a correct, brings a corrective to where our culture is at the moment. She focuses very much on self and there's a lot of stuff out there that says uh, we don't like Brené Brown because she's so focused on self. But I think in our culture, it's a good... You know, you know, the pendulum swings when we think about these things. And, uh, and at the moment, there's so much pressure to, to be negative, to be cynical and all of that. And the media is that way. It's, it's how a lot of people live. We should be different people. We should be different people. What she's saying is stand up for what you believe and get involved in the things that you believe in. And that just sparked off a whole load of thinking in my heart about, um, you, you, many of you know that I'm a Franciscan, and, um, and a lot of the Franciscans, uh, the way you might think, oh, they're, you know, they're monks and, and nuns and stuff, they, and they are, that's true. <clears throat> but... Um, one of, the, one of, the, one of the, the distinctives about the Franciscan way is that, the, that rather than being given a rule of life, which a lot of the, um, those kind of organizations do, you have to work out your own rule of life. And the point for that is you work out what God has put in your heart, how God made you, what are your giftings, what, how do you feel you, um, you, you know, what, what is the calling on your life? Because we've all got gifts We've all got things that God's put on our hearts. Um, we've all been given a job to do in God's church. And so the Franciscans, I, I, met, I, I was at a meeting a, a few months ago and, and sat chatting with a couple of the people who were, who were uh, the Franciscans generally are quite into ecology, creation, that kind of stuff, um, because St. Francis was too. Um, and I had the privilege of sitting down and chatting with two of the people who, who, who were on the Extinction Rebellion um, uh, uh, protest a few months ago in London and both had been arrested. 
Um, they, they, they were on, on the roads in the middle of London. They stopped London for several hours um, to just say to the world, to say to the country, look, we need to take this ecology stuff seriously. We need to think about it. Now, I'm not bringing that message today. I, what I'm trying to say is, you know, um, we've all got something that we feel deeply about. And it's good to find what, what God has given you and work with that because you'll feel so much more yourself and feel to be able to be, belong. Inevitably, in church, there are stuff that needs doing. Yeah? Um, without our fantastic teams on AV, uh, I, you know what? I'm not, not going to get the whole list right, but thinking about coffee rotor, reading, praying, sending birthday par- cards, doing the finances, welcoming, playing games on a Tuesday afternoon, or kids' work, or planning the service on a Sunday morning, as I've struggled with today. It all needs people. And that's when people often choose to serve over what they want. I want to say there are so many people here who, who are involved in like so many different things. Please do not feel you've got to get involved in more. What, what, what my heart is today is all about you finding your place in God's kingdom, finding your place in this church and rolling with that. Because when we do that, we feel like we belong. And that's what the message is all about. It isn't until we're truly able to be the person that God made us to be that we're able to belong. Only belonging to God and through him to one another in the church can offer security and that inner peace that comes when we feel that we truly belong. And I'm going to stop there. And we're going to go into celebrations. Because, you know, I, I, I mentioned it before. When we first came to this church, we used to call it the Chocolate Church. <laughs> And, um, and, 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 you know, it was a kind of a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh. And, but as I thought about it, I thought, you know what, it's fantastic. Because it's when we get a chance to share each other's lives, both the ups and the downs, to celebrate or commiserate. And we can do that, too, in small groups and stuff, and that's important, too. But as a group together, as a congregation together, worshipping God together and sharing lives together, celebrations is a brilliant way of doing that. So shall we do celebrations? The subject today is belonging, as Glyn's already brought us. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we're able to call you our Father. Once we were estranged from you with no relationship at all. We were like disobedient children going our own way. But when we realised the truth that you had sent your son Jesus to come to us and die on the cross to pay the price for our salvation. We believed in him. 
We thank you, dear Father, that you revealed this truth to us and that we now have a relationship with you. You are our Father and we are your children. We are all brothers and sisters together, one family because of Jesus. We belong to you and you belong to us. We are one family together to love, to share and to care. We ask that we might see Jesus in each other so that our love will grow deeper and overflow also to those outside our family here. We pray, dear Lord, for those in our family who are in need. We pray for Katie and Graham and little Zach as they learn to live without baby Daisy. Comfort them, Lord, as they know that she's now with Jesus. We pray for Helen and Wei Lang, who have both lost a parent recently. Pray, Lord, that you comfort them with your presence. We pray for Jack and Claire and their children as they return to Chad to serve you. Keep them safe, dear Lord, and may they be a blessing. And we pray for Mandy, Lord, with COVID, and those in her family have also got COVID, Lord. We pray that you just keep them safe and get them through this terrible illness. And finally, Lord, we pray for our nation and the world as we face this new Omicron COVID variant. We pray for protection so that the vaccines will be able to save people from dying. We pray, dear Lord, you will keep us trusting in you throughout this pandemic and that it will in fact cause more people to turn to God. And finally, Lord, we thank you for the message from Glyn this morning, that we will be encouraged in our faith to love and serve you more. And we ask all this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.